Welcome, weary traveler. You have stumbled across a comedy chronicled of cranial confections, a frenzied fable of bewitching fiends, and enticing expose of eccentric evils. Should you brave ahead, you will find yourself lost, afraid, and cursed with everlasting knowledge of the terrible occult. Will you survive this journey? <laughs> that I cannot say. But I can say it will be the lore of horror. Nobody mm. gets they, like one in a ten thousand people get hired at Google. They get the most mm. applications of anyone. Dubitably, all of the questions there are designed to be not. They're like they're like riddles. You know how you like love riddles because yeah. they they have ambiguous answers. But it's like that if it was a math question. Do you love right, ambiguous yeah. math questions? No. Yeah, I mean the <laughs> like. I think the question he was talking about is like. How many pennies would fit in the Empire State yeah, Building? Yeah, that, oh. they, they always give you questions where it's like, how many ballpoint pens could fit inside a Honda sedan? It's like, That's okay. just an event in the academic bowl of Science Olympiad. Yeah, There's a it's, whole event just called Fermi Questions, and it's right. like ridiculous stuff like that. There, it's a, it's, <laughs> that's, that's the age-old <laughs> question. How many blank fit in blank? How many, how many, how many coconut fit inside moon? Mm. I'm going to, hold on, I need to Google. How, there's a horse in the moon. How many, how many coconut how much room left in there? fit in moon? No, it's the same, it reminds how, me. <laughs> it's a Quora. How many deep, <laughs> oh wait, is that the moon? It's just how many dehusked coconuts fit into a shipping container of 20 or 40 feet? Oh, that's a very large. Those, those are probably two different answers. Yeah, average. Well, si see, no, this is this is wrong because they say average size of coconut eight inches in diameter. Average volume of coconut 0.12 cubic feet. Volume of twenty foot container one hundred one thousand three hundred sixty cubic feet. Volume of forty foot container two thousand seven hundred twenty cubic feet. And then they just divide it. But that's not. I feel true like they're not understanding how packing spheres work. Yeah, anyway, huh. welcome to the Lore You Know, a podcast where three friends and sometimes more. Dive into the fantastical and often convoluted lore of media that we grew up with and love. It's and here uh, to bring you the mostly correct facts about coconuts and completely made up things this week are me, Fran. It's me, Ethan. And I'm CJ. And I'm here to talk about, it's called the, <laughs> the cannonball problem because pirates wanted to know how to stack cannonballs better. But cannonballs don't stack super good because they're circles. Yeah, it's, wow. it's, it's, yeah, it's the whole packing circles or packing spheres issue. You can't just divide because coconuts don't work that way. Unless Fran, you gotta chop up some coconuts. I, Is that allowed? When, when I interviewed thousands of people and gave them all the Google, uh, the Google questions. Yes, uh, to, you, the writer to, of the Google questions, to to apply for this job at this podcast. You gave the best answer about how to fit coconuts into stacks on pirate ships, and that's when I knew. 
I needed you on the team. CJ asked me how many coconuts you could fit in the moon, and after a little bit of calculating, I said at least ten. At, and and it, it was uh it was mostly right. I uh <laughs> I mean a lot of that moon's taken up by Nightmare Moon. Remember, Mare in the Moon. No, so. no, 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 you, no, you were, no, you were, no, 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 no. I don't know, friend. You were very elusive on whether or not she was literally in the moon or like was. She the was moon. imprisoned inside the moon. Yes, friend. I, I actually, I will give you this. Okay, I recently was going through YouTube and I got a recommendation because I that happens sometimes, and mm-hmm. I made a podcast that I uploaded to YouTube about My Little Pony. So I do get a good deal of My Little Pony content, <laughs> and I got the music video from one of the, or I got Episodes. the, well, from the movie. <laughs> Oh, and, oh. And and I watched it and I was blown away by the animation and the raw power of this song that this which I knew because she it was a unicorn but her horn was broken which I knew made her an outcast because she would not be able to do magic and she doesn't have all of the powers of the dirty ground horses because <laughs> I guess they have powers too. So she Is would this- from the new My Little Pony, because there's new, there's no. a Gen Four and Gen Five, like the three D animated ones. The three D, the three D animated ones is out now, and people are not pleased with it. They're ruining a lot. Of, they're just rewriting. They're ruining of my lore. childhood, Wait. and by childhood I mean my mid twenties when it came right. out. <laughs> Both of you need to stop because. <laughs> We could argue about ponies all day and, and have go watch our previous episode of My Little Pony. Go watch all but, of them. But yeah, let, but there's no time for ponies because what's what's that? What do we what do we hear on the rooftop? The the jingle jangle of Jack Skellington's uh Oh, that's reindeer. Slay. Yeah, the clickety clack of skeletons playing their own bones like xylophones outside. That's right. It's, it's a xylophone. It's, it wouldn't clickety clack. It's spooky <laughs> month, and we're doing horror, you know, or the lore you horror. I haven't decided which of those two names is better. Because I like the lore. It could you be know. some third name that you just the the lore the lore you horror. <laughs> Anyway, we're doing spooky stuff. And what is spookier than the most played out of all of the spooky games? Zombies. That's right, Ethan. Zombies aren't just people who go to work every day and punch their cards so that they can afford their mid-sized condos that they technically don't own because they're part of a homeowners association. It's a it's well, a renting. It's the it's real zombies. The ones that eat brains. Oh, Ethan, that sounds better. Ethan, what is the scariest zombie game in the world? Um, Stubbs the Zombie. That is true, but I have not played that or even know what you're talking about. So <laughs> I was talking about a Resident Evil, Ethan. Oh. The, the scariest game where you punch boulders and you shoot rocket launchers at zombies. <laughs> that, and that's mm-hmm, supposed to make mm-hmm. you scared. Mm-hmm. But why? Why do we shoot rocket launcher at zombie and punch boulder? That's the <laughs> real an question. Existential fear. <laughs> no, we're here. How many to... zombies fit inside boulder? How many zombies could fit in that boulder? <laughs> Depend on the type of zombies. We'll talk about that. We're going. Well, those you can chop up. 
We're going to talk about the lore of Resident Evil. Uh, all of them. We're just going to make a bunch of these spooky videos and release them to you guys. <laughs> and we'll are see. Are there eight we'll of see. them? There is. Well, How many Fran, are there these days? Well, Fran, <laughs> if you're going by mainline games, you may be correct. But as you can imagine, is there's there a more few. than just the mainline. Oh, my God, Fran. Oh, my God. Oh, okay. we, have, we have much to discuss. Is there a mobile yeah. game? Oh, yeah, I mean. <laughs> Is it does this very large and successful game franchise do mobile have, have also cheap, have cheap mobile ripoffs? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, uh, but that is that is a good question. We're going to be focusing on the just kind of main canon series today. We're not going to talk about right? all of the amazing <laughs> movies and such. We are not going to talk about all of the silly movies. We're not going to talk about Resident Evil colon Deadly Silence. Uh. We're not going. Where, where to, did that come out? We're not going through all the mobile games where it's just like you're on, or they're not mobile games; they're handheld games where you're on like a boat and there's zombies there, and that's the game. You just got to get off the boat. We're not gonna I do like that. that one. Yeah, it's fine. But listen, Ethan, what is Resident Evil game? Well, first off, uh, it's not called Resident Evil in its home country of Nippon. It's called Biohazard. Uh, oh, which makes way more sense than Resident <laughs> Evil because I guess it's called Resident Evil because it was in a house, but that's absurd. Mario's not called uh, Homeless Mario because he doesn't live in a house. <laughs> wait, wait, Resident Evil. In, does the, fir the first one, does it take place in a house? Yeah, it takes Ooh, place it in a mansion. But we'll, we, um, we'll, you know what, friend? That's, that's a good see, point. We should, shows yeah, what I know. <laughs> we should start there, all right? I, I have to defend the decision to change it from Biohazard to Resident Evil, though, because I can you imagine like in like was the 90s? A, yeah, I can imagine the 90s, actually. <laughs> oh, but no, can you imagine your mom like you telling her, I really want this game called Biohazard. Like, what, what is it about? Uh, zombies. Well, that's wait. Is it a game about like cleaning up filth or no? It's a it's a horror scary game. No, Biohazard because it's a it's 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 a Biohazard. There's zombies, Ethan. Yeah, um, no, I get that it's an accurate title, but it's not a very good well, marketing title oh for America my, specifically. Oh my god! So we we're starting off at the residence. Uh, it's a big, spooky mansion that looms over the trees at night. And a helicopter filled with elite tactical squad known as Stars is descending upon the grassy knolls. Stars, of course, is an acronym, but it doesn't matter because it's basically fantasy SWAT team where everyone's really competent for no reason, even though they're all just like regular police officers, kind of. And we have our. It's because they're properly funded, CJ. Okay, you're right. We need to give them more money for helicopters and guns, and then they'll take care of the zombie problem. And rocket launchers. And rocket launchers for zombies. You're right, Ethan. <laughs> Maybe you already was, have those. I was <laughs> for zombies. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta be prepared for anything. We have inside of this helicopter Albert Wesker, Barry Burton, and our two playable protagonists, Jill Valentine and Chris Redfield. Are those the only two important people I need to remember? No, no. you need to remember all four of these people. They oh, are crap. they are crucial to the story, and there will be many more, Fran. Oh, no. <laughs> okay. 
So is the, this the tank controller? One? Hell yeah, Fran. Okay. So for all of you kids at home who don't know what the fuck a controller used to be, some psychopath invented a control scheme where left and right, instead of moving you left and right in physical space, just turns your body and then forward and back makes you go forward and back, which is, I think, how a, I think that's like how ducks move, maybe. But that's how this that's how this entire video game is, which almost would make sense except it's also a fixed camera video game which means every time you go into a new room the camera changes to a different perspective so you're constantly rotating in 3d space and changing your position in 3d space without wanting to it's very confusing Mm -hmm. Um, and this is not a game where you are doing like wide sword slashes or something with that you are trying to accurately aim a gun while controlling in this manner shoot zombies so the the four of these people have been called into this spooky mansion um, because they are looking for the uh, Stars Bravo team. This is the Stars Alpha team. So as you can imagine, these guys are even cooler than the Stars Bravo team. Uh, we we're going to talk a little bit more about the Stars Bravo team when I uh, when I reveal to you that uh, Resident Evil One is not the beginning of the story at all. Uh, but that'll happen. Whalers. That'll happen in the future. Uh, so they, the, all they know right now is that Bravo team is missing, and there it has something to do with this spooky mansion. Uh, so they go inside to investigate, and they all get separated like Scooby Doo characters pretty much immediately. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, which is which is a bit of a problem, but they're elite warriors trained in everything from lock picking to bizarre puzzle solving. Uh, obtuse puzzle solving i might even qualify it as uh they all applied to google before this yeah so they did they sense. they did they did their uh <laughs> yeah they did their questions about estimating the size of of coconuts and stuff but they are they're going through this mansion and something something is off something is strange the dogs are attacking them outside but they're all they're all mangy and like eviscerated and uh and uh, they're zombie Gross. dogs. I mean, if you saw them, you'd be like, this is a zombie dog. But of course, they've never seen a zombie before. So they're like, mm-hmm. oh, a, mm-hmm. some sort of scary dog. Mm-hmm. Uh, and as they get inside, there are real zombies that are going around and attacking, mm-hmm. attacking them. So they are like, oh, I guess these zombies had something to do with the disappearance of Bravo team. <laughs> Probably what the undead conclusion. did this one. Well, fortunately, as they're going through the building, uh, they find a member of the Bravo team, uh, Billy. And Billy is, is injured, but uh, he'll, he'll survive. And he's like, listen to me, Jill. The stars. There's a traitor in the stars. And I know exactly who it is. And I'm going to tell you right now. And at that moment, he gets shot from someone off screen that we can't see. And it would seem that although the obvious answer is that the zombies did something to Bravo Team, actually Bravo Team (laughs) seems to have been sabotaged by someone inside of stars. And so now you're playing Among Us. And all of the all of the stars people are trying to figure out who the traitor is. Um, but 
Uh, you know it's not you, Jill Valentine or Chris Obviously. Redfield. Be- well, you're oh. playing as them, so I, I mean, oh, I, my second guess was to be Chris Redfield because it was the only name I could remember from the ones you listed before. Chris Redfield is not a traitor. He is a good, strong boy who's who's only on the side of justice. Um, but there is also Barry Burton and Albert Wesker, uh, the on- the only other two important characters. And it was both of them, Fran. For you see, oh. Albert Wesker had these machinations in play from the very beginning. And he kidnapped Barry Burton's family and said that, I am going to kill them unless you help me, Barry Burton. And he said, fine, Wesker, you bastard. I'll also be... So everyone else was a traitor it w- that okay. you don't play as. Uh, okay. But it was all... It was all because Wesker wanted it to. Well, why did he want that? This is where I reveal to you that Resident Evil 1 is not the start of the Resident Evil series. What? Um, obviously, Resident, <laughs> e- Resident Evil starts at Resident Evil 0, which is actually was, the beginning of the games in the timeline. Was, was that released as like DLC someday? No, it's a standalone game called Resident Evil 0. Okay. Uh, and it is a it is the game that reveals to us the origins of the zombos. So let's go back in time to 1967. The white people are running around through Africa and they're like, this is great. We love it here. And there's so many cool things to do. <laughs> <laughs> and one of these cool things they do is they find a mystical flower. And the locals say that people who imbibe a, uh, the, the, the stems and petals of this flower are imbued with superhuman ability, like strength and speed and intelligence. And these white men said, that sounds pretty good. What if we made super soldiers? Because white <laughs> These are people, ours now. White people love making <laughs> super soldiers. Uh, it was Edward Ashford, James Marcus, and Oswell Spencer. Um, they are names I will remember. Yeah, they they are not all super important, but they are capitalists. Yay, we're back to capitalism. Oh, capitalism. Um, they discover this flower in West Africa. It's called the Stairway to the Sun, and they are going to continue research on it. But research is expensive, and you need labs and equipment and people. Where are you going to get all mm-hmm. that? Well. The government. There's an easy way to get around that, Fran. You make a company, and then oh. the company can get all the resources that it needs to of continue course. the research. So True they capitalism. Exactly. So they make the company known as Umbrella Pharmaceuticals. And this mm. is where the Umbrella Corporation gets its start in 1968. Yeah, it turns out that even though they don't currently have a product with this flower, it's actually really easy to exploit people as a pharmaceutical company and become fabulously wealthy. <laughs> yeah. Um, all you need is a, is a mystical lessons. is all you need is a mystical flower. Um, Sounds right. They do end up making other stuff. There's these green and red herbs that grow all over the fucking place, which apparently oh. have medicinal properties, and they turn that yeah. into like first aid spray and stuff. Isn't there a blue herb too? Um, yeah, that heals poison, but um, <laughs> it also makes you vomit up a, 
bug that got planted inside of your stomach if you have a bug Ugh. planted inside of your stomach. Yeah, Ugh. it's pretty it's pretty gnarly. Um That's a real specific herb. Right, yeah, well, you know, there's a there's a theory in Chinese medicine that it, for every problem nature creates, it also creates the solution. So if it creates uh, horrifyingly, it color codes them for yeah, you. Yeah, if it creates <laughs> if it creates horrifying monsters that are genetic offshoots of zombies that lay eggs inside of you, it also make blue herb. That's good. Um, so these three men have slightly different motives. Uh, two of them want to become fabulously wealthy and sell a super like a super soldier serum to the United States government uh, to uh, become fabulously wealthy. Uh, and yep. the third guy, who is a wheelchair-bound man, wants to use it to uh, fix people who are in wheelchairs and other such things. He wants to be oh. able to to heal people, uh, and then That's sell and then sell that cure with his right. pharmaceutical be, company to become, become fabulously, fabulously wealthy, wealthy oh, on okay. the side. Oh. Right? They are both uh, capitalists and scientists, uh, and so. Oh. They head the the research on this flower, uh, but to do so, they're going to need a facility, preferably a secret one, in order to do this research. Um, and so one of the three men, Spencer, um, Dr. Spencer, contracts a man named George Trevor to design and, and construct his mansion. Uh, and you better fucking believe that this George Trevor guy is like, I will do it but I'm going to get real silly with it. <laughs> Spencer specifically asked Trevor to make him a house that was like, that had a bunch of like secrets and stuff. And so- Make me a house because, <laughs> because um he wanted to put his secret laboratory underneath, uh, underneath the mansion, uh, which is where they're going to do their research on, uh, on this flower. And so mm -hmm. the-, the were, were you thinking like a trap door or something, sir? Uh, no, I was thinking more like if you could have a medallion that looks like a lion and it goes into this slot here next to the one that looks like an elephant and that opens up the elevator in the bottom. Yeah, and but like the elevator is a staircase that like rotates out of a statue. It's like, that's going to be very expensive and hard to make. And he's like, I own a pharmaceutical company. I'm a billionaire in the 60s. Make me a house with secrets, sir. Put as many silly solvable puzzles in there. And they, this all serves to like get into the, the, the basement, the secret lab downstairs. House uh, is definitely not up to code. Which is, which is absurd because that means that he would have to solve all, I mean, he knows the answers, <laughs> but like he would have to do the puzzles every time he needed to go to work in the morning, which is- Yeah, aren't the medallions like scattered about the house? Yeah, so he's like, they're like Does hidden, this imply that he puts them away they're like, yeah, they're before like he goes hidden, to bed, they're like wakes hidden up vases and grabs them again? Shit. Yeah. And like- Some, yeah, some no, doors you can only open with lock picks. And there's like cranks. There's like several <laughs> cranks. It's, to, but then you have to put them back where you found them. This man's the in a wheelchair. Maybe he as, just had a backpack of like duplicates of all of it. So he had to like rummage through, like, oh, okay, where is the actual crank I, I need? No, is it this I, one? I, nope. <laughs> I just imagine as you're searching through the mansion, you're finding all of these secret items, and you do keep finding discarded letters from the creator of the house, like, 
I am once again recommending to you, sir, that we just use a pin code. <laughs> we it's actually no. quite secure. Seventeen digits, no. no one can guess. Um, no, give me a crank. <laughs> crank, cranks. <laughs> Put it different, in this vase, please. Different, different size cranks. cranks. In the other door. Yeah, triangle crank, square crank. Axe <laughs> cranks. Uh. Well, this this man's very protective of his new house, as you can imagine. He he just came up with all spent these a lot of money on riddles. It. Spent a lot of riddles. So, what's the first thing you do when someone builds you a labyrinthine house? You make sure you can go through all the doors. No, friend. You need to make sure only you are the person who knows how your labyrinthine house works. Oh, so no. he so he invites the Trevor family to the mansion to celebrate its completion. And he captures them and uses them as human experiments for his dark work. So That's now, shitty. now Spencer's the only person who knows the goofy house and all to, of its ins and outs. But to he be just fair, made him a though, cool house. Yeah, he did. Well, all Come right, on. Fran. Fran. To be fair, I don't think, if I remember right, that he made the second floor of the house wheelchair accessible. Yeah. So there was some bad blood there for quite a while. Well, I, it sounds like that wasn't part of the requirements. I feel like the requirements were make me a secret house. Secret. If you're, if you're, did not say anything about being ADA accessible. If, if if the person who bought the house from you is in a wheelchair, maybe he just assumed like, hey, I I know I didn't put it. I know I didn't put it in the list. Not required. You can see how I can't get up to the second floor of my house, right? <laughs> Listen, shitty contractors aside. <laughs> Uh, it's not up to code. It's not going to be ADA compliant. Like that's just how it goes. He's he Trevor his his wife and his daughter are donezo now. They've they got human experimented on. Uh, yeah. But what what experiment? Well, what's going on with this uh, this flower that, that they found? Well, yeah they they are doing research on the flower and they discover that these superhuman abilities that you get that the West Africans had told the white man about. Uh, are actually coming from a uh, a virus that lives within the flower, but which they dub the progenitor virus. Is that um, how viruses work? I don't think that's how viruses yes. work. Yes. <laughs> if you eat flour with virus in it, it gives you superpowers. Do virus live in flour? Some do, probably. I mean, I, this one does. I, that seems wrong, but okay. We're fine. We're in video game land. So I they, mean, it's... The whole, like, the, you know, the virus reprogram your cells, and usually it is to make more virus, but this time it is to make superpower cells. Yeah. Uh, sure. So, so <laughs> they, they are having a hell of a time cultivating this plant in America. Uh, the, the, the flower that the progenitor virus is within is, has, grows in very specific conditions. And there West- was a contract to make the greenhouse behind the mansion, but it kind of fell through after the, after the murders. Yeah, so they they need to do something with this virus because they cannot grow these flowers, and they want to make it better anyway. So after using humans for research, like the Trevor family, they are mm-hmm. able to create a mutant strain of the progenitor mm. virus which they call the G virus uh, mm. and this virus gives its host uh, super strength 
and speed, uh, but at the cost of breaking down their brain and turning them into a, a emotionless husk that only acts on instinct. Uh, it also sort of makes you immortal because the virus mutates your own cells so that you become the perfect host by regenerating your own body. Uh, and so it gives you great regenerative abilities, but as you can imagine, it does turn you to zombie. Okay, so it's not zombies in the traditional sense of like someone died and then was turned into a zombie. Maybe I'm thinking necromancy. That's a, yeah, like... that would be a necromantic <laughs> zombie or like a voodoo yeah. zombie. No, yeah. this this one infects living people and turns them into zombies. Um, okay, so but, they never like have quote unquote died. I mean, they're kind of they're dead. not un they're kinda, but they're not undead. The mind is dead. The body is willing. Yeah, I guess. It's moist <laughs> but they're not and like, wanting. Yeah. Yeah. So the zombies aren't undead necessarily. They're just zombies. Right. No, they're not rising okay. up out of the ground. It's uh, yeah. it infects living people and turns them into zombies. Okay, got it. Um. So this research is done by another doctor, uh, a man named Dr. Birkin. Uh, and he is also working with a man called Dr. Wesker. So we have- That's one of the names I vaguely remember. So in order to do this research, they need plenty of human subjects. Uh, and what is the best place to get human subjects from? That's right. A town? A town orphanage because those oh. kids those kids no one's gonna be looking for no those one kids. knows about those ones yeah so <laughs> dr birkin and dr wesker is in the 60s 70s now yeah and i mean like who's who's gonna keep track of all those kids <laughs> like uh, i i don't know we, we really need to create like a evil bingo card <laughs> like, child kidnapping ste yeah steal capitalism. orphanage children yeah capitalism is the free space yeah, yeah absolutely <laughs> so um so this house this mansion uh is on the outskirts of a large city called raccoon city uh and uh through some shady business dealings uh Spencer is able to both get the uh, the city police on his payroll, um, and mm. also the uh, orphanage acts as a front to collect children to experiment on, which, where have we heard this before? <laughs> Check the box. Many so, times. Um, paying off the police should be another box. Yeah, I mean, well, building. that's just what rich people do. That's they're yeah. all free. It's all free spaces. <laughs> it's just all the things that capitalists do to make oodles of money. Uh, but in the, oh, in beautiful. fairness, technically, he's stimulating the economy with this one because uh, oh. he's paying the police to help him and the oh. orphanage runners, which is also the police. The police are <laughs> running. The police chief specifically is running the orphanage that they are collecting children from. Um, okay. So it goes all the it goes all the way to the top. Uh, but for some fucking bizarre ass reason, Doctor Wesker, who is abducting and experimenting on these children, decides to give all the children his name, uh, which is where we find young Albert Wesker, uh, who is one of these children that are experimented on. 
and much like the process that turns Master Chief into a big strong boy, uh, this process usually kills the host. Uh, but mm. not young Albert Wesker. He is able to survive the trials and is imbued with great powers that he gets hmm. from this uh, this mutated strain of G virus. While keeping his cognitive faculties. Yes, he is. He is oh. a he is an exception to the progenitor virus and the other failed attempts. Well, they weren't failed attempts. They were trying to make a bioweapon. Uh, yeah, and they a biohazard even. Uh, friend, that's oh. why the, that's why the title's better. <laughs> You figured it out. Well, they, they, uh, they succeeded in making uh, viable bioweapons, uh, but yeah, for the most part, it would turn you into a mindless zombie. Uh, and there's different strains. Except for Albert. Right. There's different strains. We're, we're, we're barely to the beginning of the story, and we already have different strains of the virus. Some makes Good. you a superhuman, uh, like Albert Wesker, uh, but that okay. one... Seems to kill the host most of the time, and they experimented on a bunch of children, and like only like he's like the only one who really survived. So that one, mm-hmm. that one less viable as a bioweapon, and you know, there's only so much, there's only so many children you can you can plow through before you know you need to let the you let need to let nature regenerate them. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's there's the one that turns you into a zombie, like just a mm-hmm. basic zombie. Uh, mm-hmm. And then there is one that makes you like immortal and also makes you very suggestible to uh to the commands of people, so they're kind of programmable. Uh mm. and then there's all sorts of like in-between ones which are like either failed attempts or like, you know, middling steps. So w- whenever you see a zombie in Resident Evil, it's like why is this one why is this one different than the other one it's like it was like an experiment they're all different experiments to make different types different of zombies why okay. is this one's tongue so long yeah why does this one want to crawl on the ceiling and lick me it's like i don't know man we were just trying stuff out seeing what sticks <laughs> we the saw 70s, this one man yeah. this one part of the virus it makes it actually makes everyone's tongue slightly longer most of the time you don't notice, but we said to ourselves, what if we really focused on that part of the virus? <laughs> yeah, it's super weird. Um, but another one of the surviving children that got experimented on was one Lisa Trevor, the daughter of the architect of the mansion. Uh, oh. She was given a, a, a strain of the virus that was also being tested on by using leech DNA uh, as they kind of just mixing stuff up together and seeing, <laughs> and seeing what works. Uh, and that one was successful. They were able to turn Lisa Trevor into an immortal super weapon, uh, but they were not able to control her because it was an early mm-hmm. version. And so she just went berserk and started killing doctors. And uh, they were like, this is problematic. We're going to chain you up in the basement of the giant mansion because uh, they could not kill her. Like they tried to put her yeah. down and it did not work because they <laughs> made her immortal. So did they try a rocket. Uh, they I guess they didn't because mm. uh, she spoiler. <laughs> she does not live until like the end of days. She does die eventually. She's not actually From immortal, a rocket. But basically. <laughs> Like any damage she sustains, she will just regenerate immediately. 
Um, so like bullets falling down huge chasms, uh, being mm. set on fire, all of that doesn't work. She is not quick enough. She is uh, able to survive through all of it. So we have young Albert Wesker, who, because of a combination of genetic experimentation and his own inherent aptitude, becomes a brilliant young scientist in his own right, who is working for uh, the Umbrella Corporation in order. Oh, in order, they employed him. Yes, yeah. As oh, he, that's as great. He, as he grew up, they uh, they indoctrinated him. And decided to employ him, him even. as yeah exactly as a uh, as both a scientist another space and, yeah, grooming <laughs> grooming children as both he works as both a scientist and as a plant within the police department that they use to uh, maintain control over their uh, mm-hmm. over their puppets that they're they're paying for. I thought you meant a literal plant for a moment there because oh. I definitely have seen plant zombies and I'm like hold on no so <laughs> but it's okay. So, uh, and so that is how Albert Wesker came to be and came to be the head of Alpha Team for the STARS department of the Raccoon City Police Department. So, while, while, uh, while Wesker is growing up, though, um, we have a couple new types of virus. We like the G virus. It's pretty, it's pretty epic. Uh, but what if we took the G virus, what if we took that progenitor virus that we started with, and instead of mixing it with leeches, what if we put Ebola in there? That could be fun, right? <laughs> what? Well, they well they do that. Uh, and now uh, they've uh. created a new strain of the virus. It's called the T virus, which is the oh, famous one. that one. Yes. Yeah. The T virus. <laughs> That's a big one. The T virus is very infectious and can turn an entire city of people into walking mindless zombies, which is a great success. Which is, I guess, what they wanted. <laughs> I like the, the other viruses. Like the G virus was used to make specific people into biological weapons. I guess yeah. this one is just an actual biological weapon, which just yeah. will like level a city by turning its inhabitants into zombies that eat each other. So how did they disperse it amongst peoples? I guess. Well, we'll get to there, Fran. We're still <laughs> okay. only in the 1980s, oh. uh, and the events of Resident Evil will not happen until 1993. Oh wow. So the doctors are working on the secret laboratory that's underneath the Spencer Mansion. It's called Arclay Laboratory. Uh, Do all the scientists also have to solve all the riddles to get into the lab every day? Oh, almost certainly, right? I mean, like, they'd have (laughs) to. Or is there, like, another entrance, like... Fran, if you you make a labyrinthine uh, (laughs) mansion, if you put a secret entrance into it that just bypasses all the thing, it's not a labyrinth. It's just a... then it's just a place. I know, but, that, but, but how no, do they reset the cranks after everybody gets in? They, so like, they all get it's their own one crank. of those. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's it's one of those things, Fran, where the lesser scientists aren't required to live in the facility. But if you want to go home at night, you do need to solve all of the puzzles on your way back in. So oh, so like, like the Google situation. Uh, that's why they have like laundry at the yeah, exactly, or whatever, right? So you don't exactly. ever have to actually leave. Yeah. They're like. like well, the listen, ping pong I don't... tables, 
I'm no. listen. I'm I'm a great scientist, but I'm colorblind. I can't solve this puzzle. I'm just gonna live here now. Yeah, it's just easier than commuting. Uh, that <laughs> yeah, I'm is... sure the commute wasn't good because it's like outside on the outskirts of Raccoon City. I can just imagine. It's important. It's important to note too. Like as you go through this, as you like discover these places in the video game, even like the laboratories are incredibly like hostily laid out. So like there's like they don't have a there, there's not like a comfortable break room. There's like there is a break room with a water cooler and there's like no chairs or anything. So you're just like standing around, I guess, in the break room. And it's like, all right, back to the whatever cryonic freezer lab or whatever I work in. Was well, isn't that the whole point of like the modern workspace office space is like you guys have stand up meetings and stuff like that and talk about scrumming and agile. Right, yeah, God, I love talking about scrumming. I don't know what these words mean, but I've heard them a lot. Uh, but I've heard them a lot, and I think they're pretty neat, and I think we should start doing them for the podcast. <laughs> okay, Scr- no scrumming. Sitting. Scrumming is a side chairs. effect of the T virus. It's, <laughs> it's, it is. It's psychotic to think well, that people do that. So. The super strength one is the being able to stand for all your meetings. Oh, <laughs> that's strength. why they did it. Yeah, so that yeah. they would they and to reduce sick day usage. Yeah. They're like, oh, d- I'm sick. You are physically incapable of being sick. I made you into a superhuman. You don't you are, need you are technically You are technically always sick with a virus we gave you. <laughs> Cannot use that excuse. But you sign the, yeah, you sign the contract and it, expi- it. it excludes that virus. All right, so we have a T virus. We have a G virus. We have the progenitor virus. We have all sorts of other wacky bullshit. Uh, things are going great. The three guys who are in charge... Uh, are very happy with the progress, but they're not happy with each other. Uh, as I mentioned, there was a little bit of friction internally with these three boys. Well, uh, one of the three boys had an accident where he was exposed to an in-progress T-virus, and he perished due to that. Uh, was it an accident, or did Spencer uh, arrange it to have him killed? It was it was that one. Spencer Spencer had his partner killed, Mm. which means that only two of them remain. Uh, Mm -hmm. And you better believe that a hostile takeover happens and the other originating member is killed by a highly trained operative with superhuman powers that's able to do a murder very easily. I know one of those. Yeah, Albert. Could we- that be? Albert Wesker is basically an assassin for Spencer at this point, and he just goes and kills oh. the other guy. So only Spencer remains and now owns the entirety of the uh, Umbrella Corporation. Uh, Spencer is pleased with all of this cool work that's happening. He made a super soldier. He uh, made a bunch of bioweapons that the United States government wants to get its its tasty mitts on. Uh, and so he is, he's like, this research is going well, but we need more space. And I don't necessarily want the virus that turns everyone around it into a mindless zombie that starts killing each other underneath my house. I just want my house to be where we do the super soldier virus. So okay. I, so I'm going to do the next best logical thing, which is to make a second laboratory. But this time I will put it underneath raccoon city and have a huge underground interconnected facility that connects both not not just to my house via underground tunnels, but also to other wacky places like the police department, which used to be a museum, so that it's <laughs> most easy to 
get those orphan childrens into the lab and put them right into the Man. underground facility. I, I was really like, hoping for another mansion of secrets, but I no, guess this is I, fine. I mean, I feel like he had a good instinct there where he was like, don't put that under my house. <laughs> but then he did say, but connect it to my house. Yeah. And it's you were so close, bud. Yeah. You were so close. Well, it's all about it's all about transportation, right? Like it's transportation it's costs are commute. huge. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So this is the origin of the the so it's it's the Raccoon City Underground Laboratory, which of course abbreviates to NEST. Uh and that is the uh that is where they are going to Hold on. <laughs> that is where they're going to continue their uh their research underneath Raccoon City for the next uh decade or so. Uh, and so we finally get to the 1990s, uh, mm-hmm. and we still have the major players. We have Albert Wesker. He is a plant for uh, for Spencer. You think he is a real plant? No. He is a plant for Spencer <laughs> inside the Raccoon City Police Department, and he's also a genius researcher, and he's also a superhuman who is infected all. With, uh, with some G-virus. Um, Makes me feel really unsuccessful, considering yeah. my age. Yeah. Uh, well. No one experimented you on a child because you were never kidnapped. So I guess mm. count your blessings. That we know of. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the we we have Brian Irons, who is the chief of police, who is inside of Umbrella's pocket, uh, and he is running a child kidnapping ring that is based out of the orphanage. Uh, and we have the rest of the STARS member, the Special Tactics and Rescue Services, which is what STARS stands oh, for. That uh, actually abbreviates. That one actually does abbreviate. So, like, why the <laughs> fuck? Like, it does Okay. <laughs> do them all or do none of them. Christ. Uh, and, yeah, and within STARS, we have both the Alpha team and the Bravo team. The and, Beta team. And STARS works for the Raccoon City Police Department and is not affiliated, technically, with the uh, Umbrella Corporation's own private army that they also own. However, the police department <laughs> is secretly in the pocket of the Umbrella Corporation, and Stars is a part of that. And Albert oh, Wesker okay. is in charge of that, and he is also working for the Umbrella Corporation. Right. Okay. So, to be clear, the cops are good. It's just a few bad apples right. that are making them look bad. It's like the first, the top one. The top. So, okay. Level I ones, always like thought. I always thought Stars was like a third party organization, but nope. it's built within Raccoon City's police force. Yep. So Raccoon okay. City Police Force has the Stars program as their like SWAT so it's team. Their SWAT their team. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. And, so the, the, they have their SWAT the team. All the elite cops. Uh, exists there um yeah so, and they're being paid off by umbrella but umbrella mm-hmm. also has their own military army thing yep, which, is kind, which is kind of like what's the fucking point then but okay correct they you are you are all caught up and we okay. are and now we are finally ready to get to resident evil zero oh there that that wasn't res- I thought all of that was resident none of evil that zero. was in any of the games what? That, where did I what? from Wait, 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 Fred. What what would the gameplay process be of what we've discussed? Is it so a visual far? novel? I don't know. Oh, <laughs> uh, all right. So, what is what what what? 
remember when I said that they were doing the game? when they were doing research using leeches? Well, they are yeah. st- they are still doing that because I guess something about in the 90s. Le- yeah, in the 90s. Oh. Uh, I guess something about leeches really really works with the T virus and the G virus. Uh, I really like sucking. And Umbrella is doing all this research and keeping it under wraps, but every once in a while, stuff kind of slips up and gets out, and they need Albert Wesker to send his team in to go basically kill everyone to keep it under wraps. So Albert Wesker is working as like a cleaner, where he is, Mm. you know, if stuff is going badly, he'll send Star's teams to go just kind of clean up the mess under the guise of investigating a strange happenstance that they never actually get around to investigating again they also have a personal army that they don't use for that thing and control the media i think like they literally own everything (laughs) but they're like well we got to be very secret we don't want the people to know what we're talking about even though we are trying to sell this to the united states army how big is this city raccoon city it's it's comparable to like chicago so it's like a big city yeah (laughs) That's large. Yeah, well, uh, the Umbrella Corporation has its has its mitts in a lot of different pies, Fran. Oh, dear. And okay. so, we are we are ready to actually play as some stars members, specifically our first stars member that gets a name, Rebecca Chambers. She's part of the Alpha team. She's part of Bravo team. Bravo team. She is. Uh, paired up with Billy Cohen. Remember that guy that was in the mansion who was like, there's a traitor within stars. Uh, so he got promoted to Alpha Team. No, he's in Bravo Team. Uh, Resident, Evil so Zero, Resident Evil Zero follows Bravo Team, Fran. This all happens but, before Alpha Team is sent in to figure yeah. out what happened to Bravo so, Team. This is the thing the, that happened to Bravo Team. Bravo Team is, uh, is sent in to... Uh, investigate a train because this train, which is owned by Umbrella Corporation, uh, is uh, it has got these. Uh, uh oh, the leeches got out. Uh, the leeches with all the virus in them, and That's they unfortunate. and they turned all the people on the train into zombies. Ah, oh. fuck. So, Bravo That'll team happens sometimes. Bravo team gets dispatched to go kill all these zombies, and uh. And they they do so through the course of the game, but they know too much now, and Wesker needs to get rid of them. Uh, mm. And so, the the Bravo team is able to escape, getting killed by all these zombies, and now they know that zombies are real. Uh, mm. And they get into their helicopter and they fly they fly away. Uh, but the helicopter crashes. Ah, uh, what are what are the chances? Well, a hundred percent, because Albert Wesker sabotaged the helicopter so that it would crash, killing the Bravo members. Uh, but they survive, and where did they crash? Why, it's at the Spencer Mansion, no less. And so they oh. seek refuge inside of the Spencer Mansion. But Wesker needs to tie up all of his loose ends, so he and the rest of Alpha Team are deployed to investigate what happened to Bravo team when in reality Wesker is just going there to kill the remaining members of Bravo team and then presumably if Alpha team discovers what actually happened kill those guys as well which is what happens. Why didn't he just go by himself then? He does 
need help, I guess. I like I don't I mean, know. He just didn't want to yeah, fucking be bothered. Again, th- this Feel all like as a could cleaner, have been... he really just made more collateral. No, I mean this all could have been solved if they had just sent Hunk to the train instead of the Stars team for whatever reason. Yeah, they like... So, yeah, at this point, at this point the Umbrella Corporation has <laughs> bioweapon super soldiers uh which are known as tyrants. Uh they are much like uh much like Lisa, they are basically unkillable. Uh, you can shoot them and explode them and do all sorts of things and they just keep on going. Uh but but that is what brings us up to our opening scene of Resident Evil where we were talking about before, but now we know it's not brave warriors coming in to help their fallen comrades. It's actually a false flag operation in order for uh, Wesker and, as I mentioned, Barry is uh, under threat of his family being murdered, is also helping out, uh, which is weird that they let him in on it, but I guess they have collateral and Jill Valentine and Chris Redfield don't seem to have families, except they do. Chris Redfield has a sister who's named Claire, who he cares about, but I guess they don't have Claire, so it doesn't matter. All that really matters. Uh, no, 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 that's we we need to. I don't know if we'll get into it on this episode, but we need to get into the relationship between Albert Wesker and Chris Redfield at some point. <laughs> yeah. So are they gay lovers? I mean, it depends on who you ask. If you ask anyone oh, on the internet, then if yes. you ask Albert Wesker, okay, he does. <laughs> they they have like a they have a fun little rivalry together because they're on the mm. same team. So they already had like a rivalry. Oh, they are on the same be, team. To be the cool, I get it. They ha- they have a rivalry to be like out cool each other. Uh, and then mm. they figure out that Wesker is a. Tr- I mean, he's not really a traitor, right? They like he's always been doing the same thing. Yeah. But uh, they discover that he is working for an Umbrella, and so they they don't, they don't like that. Uh, and so once that happens, then they go from being like rivals to just straight up nemesises with each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, but passionate nemesis. <laughs> yeah, of course. Um, <laughs> but as the uh, Alpha team is going through this mansion, they are Jill and Chris are discovering all of these uh, umbrella things and discovering the T virus and all the zombies that it's making. Um, of course, the the zombies were you know broke out in the mansion and put zombies everywhere in the mansion because of course it did. Albert Wesker is. I said he wasn't a traitor. I lied. Like Albert Wesker, he <laughs> is actually a traitor. He is working for Umbrella Corporation and uh-huh. he's a secret agent kind of for them. But he also has his own motivations. Uh, his his papa doctor uh taught him to watch out for numero uno and Mm -hmm. so he has plans where he wants to steal a sample of the g virus and then sell it to the american government to make mucho dinero they all want to do that though so (laughs) he is right but he wants to do it first so he wants to betray the umbrella corporation and steal their uh steal their stuff and sell it uh, which is why yeah. he is agreeing to be in such a top-level position because he wants to be able to control the strings so that when he gets an opportunity to, say, break into the Spencer Mansion and get a sample of the G-Virus and then get out while a bunch of other idiots are running around, mm. you know, 
cranking cranks and putting medallions <laughs> into statues. Statues, yeah. Then he, then he can do so. So the rest of the stars member figures out what Wesker is up to. They find like pictures of a science team working on the G virus. And what's that? Uh, so this part's really funny. I just have to mention this part because in the original game, uh, they took a real picture of real people dressed up as doctors all in a line uh, because this whole game has uh, pre-rendered uh, backgrounds and everything to save on space. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. all of the graphics are they look really good, but they're just pictures. Um, so a lot of the assets are just like pictures that they put into a video game. So they took mm -hmm. a <laughs> they took they took a picture of a bunch of guys dressed up like doctors, and then they superimposed the video game character Albert Wesker next to all of them also dressed up like a doctor so that you, the player, know that Albert Wesker is actually one of the doctors behind the, the, the virus oh, no. research. I'm going to have oh, to see what that looks it's like. So good. It, it's very good. They they changed it in the remake, much to the detriment of the remake. <laughs> Uh, the the original Resident Evil also had a full motion video opening where it had real people no. dressed up like oh it's very oh, good no. friend they had real people dressed up like these video oh, game characters but did was there a real person Albert Wesker in the opening video oh yes Ethan why didn't they just <laughs> use him because in the need, picture because you need to know that the video game Wesker is the traitor. But there's a real person, Wesker, no, who represents that the one, video game, Wesker. That wouldn't play, Ethan. You don't know what you're talking about. Anyway, <laughs> Albert Wesker is a traitor to both stars and to the Umbrella Corporation. But it doesn't matter, because remember how I said that they had bioweapons known as tyrants, which are basically unkillable, and also their arms are like gooey swords? Yeah. Well, uh, remember that part. They come across one of these tyrants that is inside of a uh, like a a Saiyan healing vat, and it's just like <laughs> mm -hmm. floating around in there. And Wesker goes, "Well, now that you figured out that I'm a traitor, I'm gonna have to kill you. But instead of just putting a bullet in your head like I did with <laughs> Billy, I'm going to release this tyrant and tell it to come kill you, which he does." Oh. But this tyrant that he releases, I guess, is still in beta testing because it immediately just shoves its huge sword arm through Wesker, killing him on oh. the spot. And that's unfortunate. And then it goes him. then it goes on the loose after the remaining members of Star who are alive, Barry, Jill, and Chris. And uh they are they're trying to get Oh, they they're just trying to get the fuck out of here at this point. <laughs> they, right, have, yeah. they have all Mission this failed. Yeah, they have all of this information and they want to fucking bounce. Uh yeah, and, that's fair. Now, and now that uh now that Wesker's dead, Barry's like, oh, I'm a good guy again, because uh the guy who is threatening my family is dead. So I'm with you guys now. Uh so Barry was not a bad guy, he was just being blackmailed. Uh mm -hmm. And his family is being threatened, but now that now that Wesker's dead, he is back on the good guys team. Um, I forgot to mention another very important member of Stars, who is Brad. Brad flies the helicopter, but he got really scared when he saw all the zombies, and so he flew away. <laughs> <laughs> but at the end of the game, Brad becomes a brave boy, and he comes back to save his friends with his helicopter that he pilots that he needs to pick up his friends with. Um, but fortunately. 
Brad also comes back with a rocket launcher. And they use, oh, they use the rocket launcher to explode the tyrant. And they all fly away in Brad's helicopter just in the nick of time as the, of course, entire facility that is underneath the Spencer Mansion does have a self-destruct sequence. It is activated by the heroes and they do blow all of it up. I guess there's there's a scientist under there that's like someone activated the destruction sequence. Quick, get the key that's shaped like a puma to stop. No, that's a cheetah, you fool. You've doomed us. <laughs> Your inability to tell large cats apart has failed us for the last time. No, all of the scientists are have been killed. They do the, you know, they do the weird thing where it's like, we need scientists to help us do research on this virus. But also once they do research, it's like, you know, too much. And then they turn them into zombies or whatever, or they oh, turn okay. themselves into zombies. Sometimes that happens. Um, mm-hmm. It was the eighties. Yeah. You know. Well, it was the nineties now. Nineties. Well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so uh, question then. Yeah. It, there it, was it, the immortal girl in the facility. That's right. Chained up. Mm-hmm. Did she die? Well, did, did the rocket launch for well, her? Or well, friend, she's still there. For now, all that we know is that the the Spencer Mansion has exploded, and our uh, four remaining members of the Stars team, Jill, Chris, Brad, and Barry, <laughs> have all been able to escape back to Raccoon City. Oof. Hmm. That's the end of Resident Evil One, and now, of course. Uh, we've gone through Resident Evil 0, we've gone through Resident Evil 1, and so next on our list, that's right, Resident Evil 3, colon, Nemesis. Resident this... Evil 3, Nemesis, but not actually the third one. Right, well, it is, it's the third one <laughs> in the actually, well, it is actually canon, the third one. But it's not the third the one third, that was but not released. Actually, Correct. Yeah. So, uh, this, what we've referred to now, is all grouped together as the mansion incident. Uh, Bravo team getting... Uh, Bravo team starting on the train, getting to the mansion, Alpha team following them, discovering all this stuff. Uh, that all happens. Um, which, guess what? They, <laughs> they bring all of this stuff that they have discovered to the police chief, Chief Irons, and he goes, that's mm. fucking bullshit, dude. There's no way there were zombies. <laughs> and also, the mansion blew up, so there's not even any evidence that what you're saying is true even though they're like his SWAT team. And it's like, these are the people that would do that. All right, listen, I know that he... He's evil and he's like in their pocket and such. But also, they came to him... He he gives them orphans to experiment on, Fran. He's evil. Oh, okay, Um, I forgot that part. (laughs) Yeah. But also, (laughs) when you come and start talking about zombies, I feel like it's your manager's job to say... No, that's bullshit. <laughs> no, you were not late to work because of zombies, okay? All right. Well, I'm just saying, like, a bunch of them died. <laughs> so, like, why would... <laughs> but uh, it doesn't matter. Obviously, this is happening because Chief Irons is in the pocket of Umbrella and is doing a cover-up. Uh, the, the surviving members of Star are like, this is bullshit. Chief Irons is covering all this stuff up. We are going to go rogue. We're going to leave the department and we are going to start investigating on our own because we're going to find the truth. So Chris, Jill, Barry, and hey, guess what? Becca, uh, Rebecca survived. Uh, so yeah. she's also out and about doing stuff. 
Uh, but, I'm also here. Yeah, but she like says. I but like I said, she doesn't come up as much, and nobody cares about her. But she is the only surviving member of Bravo team. So, uh, they 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 are the they are the the people. They know the truth, uh, and they're trying to discover what Umbrella is up to and how how deep does the rabbit hole go. Um. So Chris is like, well, I'm I'm out of here. I'm going to Europe to go investigate. Um, because Umbrella Corporation has got their their fingies and lots of pies, and he he's got a lead that uh, there's there's some shenanigans going on in Europe. So okay. he goes off to investigate that, and Jill stays in Raccoon City to investigate uh, investigate further. And this is when we get to the beginning of the gameplay of Resident Evil Three: Colon Nemesis. Uh, so you remember that there are tyrant class uh, mm-hmm. mutated. They're called uh, BOWs, uh, which is just the bows. Yeah, well, it's the it's the shortened <laughs> abbreviation for the the bioweapons, uh, which okay. are which are just like mutated organisms, like people or whatever that get mm-hmm. turned into super soldier weapons. Uh, mm-hmm. Well, one of these. Uh, kind of tyrant-ish class things is known as codename Nemesis. Uh, And it is a successful experiment by the Umbrella Corporation to create a super soldier that was completely obedient to all of their demands uh, Mm. and wouldn't kill their own guys by stabbing them in the chest. Um, (laughs) Unlike Albert. Unlike unlike the, the one that Wesker activated, which he was immediately stabbed in the chest. Uh, yeah. And uh, you were asking how the T virus got around. Well, sometimes when you do research on a highly contagious virus that was made from the Ebola virus mixed with like leech DNA mixed with a special flower that mm-hmm. you found in mm-hmm. Africa, you <laughs> accidentally get a little bit of that into the water supply for of an course. entire city. So. Yeah. Everyone who drank city water turns into a zombo in Raccoon I've, City, mm. uh, which is why I use a filter. Uh, <laughs> but the charcoal filter really does a lot. I would imagine it would fill. Well, viruses are really small. You know what? I'm <laughs> not gonna say that. Hey, if you don't want to get a uh, virus, j- only drink bottled water and use bottled water to wash your hands and put it in your toilet. <laughs> Even though bottled water is also from. Like Fran, don't, water. don't, don't, big water's gonna come after <laughs> us if we let people know that on our podcast. No, wa- it's special water. It's special water. It comes from a special thing that makes it good. In Ohio. Yeah. I only drink bottled water that has the no T virus guarantee across the bottom. Oh, but what about the G virus? Uh, anyway. Oh, I mean, that sounds, that'd be good, right? Uh, yeah, that one turns in, that one turns you into super, superhuman. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Sometimes, sometimes it just kills you. Though. Yeah, usually it kills you though. Usually, like I think it was ninety three percent of the time it kills you. Uh, well, so if the if sample size is only like twenty four kids. If you think you're and as, one of them made it out, I feel like you have pretty well, good right. Kids. That's not a great sample size. Uh, well, if you were like Albert Wesker, then you would survive. But I do not think you are because he is radical and he wears awesome sunglasses. He's getting his sunglasses. All right. Awesome sunglasses. There you go. Okay. Here's a little treat for you audio only. The sound of Ethan putting on sunglasses so that me and Fran and whoever's watching on the YouTube video can see. I like it. So the nemesis is 
online and Umbrella does not like all of the things that Jill Valentine has discovered. So they say, mm -hmm. Jill, Nemesis, go kill Jill Valentine, which is happening at the same time for some reason that the huge outbreak in the Raccoon City uh, water supply starts to infect all of the people and turn them into zombies. And this is mm -hmm. the first big zombie outbreak that defines the rest of the world in the Resident Evil world because this zombie outbreak is... Uh, you, you can't cover this one up. It's a whole city. Everything is being destroyed. But still, for some reason, they send Nemesis after Jill Valentine because she knows too much. Um, <laughs> and so uh, the majority of Resident Evil 3 is just Jill trying to survive the zombie outbreak uh, in the mm. city. And uh, she meets up with Carlos uh, and the two of them have a little bit of a will-they-won't-they they vibe because Carlos is a bit of a flirt, but he also works for <laughs> the Umbrella Corporation's private military, uh -huh. which has been assigned with killing all of the zombies because they don't want all of the zombies to get out. Uh, because it's hard to sell your stuff to the United States government when the entire world is zombies. Well, they probably should have focused on putting like a barricade around the city first. And so to, they don't want the zombies to get out. Well, they do. Right? And the, yeah, I'm, yeah, they keep a, they're, they're trying to keep all the zombies in Raccoon City. That's the plan. Yeah. And so Nemesis is chasing around Jill. Uh, Carlos is, even though he works for the Umbrella Corporation, he's kind of an idiot and he doesn't realize that this is all Umbrella's fault. Um, he's he's not a bad guy. He's trying to do the right thing. But his team has their own Albert Wesker-style dude <laughs> who is in the pocket of the Umbrella people who is also trying to kill Jill Valentine because they because the Umbrella Corporation <laughs> wants Jill Valentine dead. Yeah, to be clear... Aren't they all in the for, pocket of Umbrella, technically? Yeah, yeah, I was just... To be clear, he works for the Umbrella Corporation, but he is on the side also in the pocket of them. Right to do the extra evil stuff. So oh, the the okay. umbrella the umbrella corporation it's two layers in. Well, yeah. The umbrella corporation <laughs> has this this private militia and they are using it to kill all these zombies and they're doing it as like a sign of like a show of good faith to the to the mm -hmm. people that like, "Oh no, this weird mysterious outbreak happened, but don't worry. Your friendly pharmaceutical company with their with their private <laughs> army is going to dispatch uh, a bunch of people to uh, to protect the remaining citizens and to clean up this mess. We have no idea any. where this biological weapon came from, but we are ready to help you guys. Uh, and are so, there any is there anyone left besides Jill in Raccoon I guess at this in point? Raccoon City? It's mostly just like pockets of survivors. There's like people trying to hide. There's people who. Are, you just had to luckily not drink the water. Yeah, there's people. I feel. There's people who are trying to protect, you know, the the few people that remain. Um, that's kind of what these uh, private militia guys are doing, and that's why Carlos thinks he's a good guy because he is killing zombies mm. and he's trying to protect people. But he says he does not realize the purpose of the the military group that he is a part of. And so yeah. when when his captain turns on Jill Valentine and tries to have her killed, uh, then he he goes with Jill and he switches to her side and the two of them work together to survive the initial outbreak. And over the Cute. course of the game, 
uh, are able to stop the nemesis again by blowing it up with just like a million rockets. Yeah, um, I feel like rocket. I, I, what I've learned is that rocket launchers are the most effective weapon against zombies. Well, that's which the is other, why yeah, we should absolutely. be funding our police departments. That's the other thing about the nemesis T type is that uh, he he does kind of seem to be smart, so he does use weapons. So although they need to use a rocket launcher on nemesis, they get the rocket launcher from nemesis who had the rocket launcher and was using <laughs> it to shoot at them. Uh, so. Uh, Nemesis is a biological weapon that can't be stopped, but also they give him guns and stuff to to complete his mission. Uh, but Carlos and uh, and Jill are able to survive the zombie outbreak and defeat Nemesis. And Jill needs to meet up with the rest of Stars. She's feeling mm-hmm. isolated, and uh, she is wanting to get back to like Barry and get in contact with Chris. But before the game ends, she is infected with the T virus and oh. she is able to treat it for now. Hmm. Doo, doo, doo. Uh, <laughs> so while while all this is happening, you know, Chris Redfield, the main character from the first initial game. I wonder yeah. what his sister's up to. Well, she's trying to <laughs> she's trying to find is she him. from Raccoon City. Uh yeah, so uh the the younger sister of Chris Redfield, Claire Redfield, is mm-hmm. trying to get in contact with her big bro. Uh she knows mm-hmm. that he is uh, an agent for the Stars group in Raccoon City. Uh but she does not know all of this zombie outbreak bullshit and he has been lying to her about uh va- vacationing around Europe and stuff like that because he does not want her to get involved in all of this wacky umbrella uh-huh. corporation bullshit. So he has been mm-hmm. under the guise of vacationing through Europe and sending his sister postcards and stuff like that so that she doesn't worry. But okay. uh, he starts to uh, lose contact with her and then she starts to get worried. So she goes to the only place where she knows people that could maybe get her in contact with her big brother, which is the Raccoon City Police Department. Mm-hmm. So... Claire Redfield is traveling to Raccoon City to find out more of what happened to her brother because she doesn't know where he is or what he's involved in. And where on- was she before this? If she's what? she's so oh, she's like I mean, college she's age. Not- she was like out doing college yeah. girl stuff. Okay. Like just so she's coming home. She's coming. She's coming to find her her bro. I don't know if they're from Raccoon City, but it doesn't really matter because okay. that's where she knows she knows her brother works there, and she's hoping okay. she can find someone who can get in contact with him. Got it. Which makes sense now as to why Umbrella Corps maybe didn't kidnap her originally. Right, because, because she, she wasn't be, like right, in the proximity. Yeah, uh-huh. and Chris, okay, Chris yeah, kept she, her at a real arm's length for that exact reason. I don't even know it. if he told other people about her because... Uh, she, was, she was the head of a sorority and it just would have been too suspicious if she disappeared. Right. Mm-hmm. That's why you go into a sorority so it's harder to kidnap you. <laughs> I assume that's why they exist. Otherwise, they're very strange places. Oh, man, if I knew that, I would have rushed one. Claire is going to go look for her brother. And on the way, she meets a young up-and-comer police officer who's going to quite literally start his first day on the job as a Raccoon City police officer. Uh, A young, beautiful-haired man named Leon S. (laughs) Kennedy. Is and his last name really Kennedy? I did not know that. Yeah, yeah. heck yeah. Leon Skennedy. He's a Kennedy. 
he is uh he's just a regular a regular cop on the beat. Uh this is his first day, so he has canonically he has police training and that's it. Uh okay. but he is reporting to his first day on the job when something strange starts happening. Uh he is uh driving he's he's driving his squad car getting ready to I guess go to work, which is weird because he's driving a squad car, so presumably yeah. he's already at work, but uh the gas station attendant starts attacking him. Uh and uh that's fine. He has police training, so he puts a bullet in them. But while he's <laughs> while he's there, he meets up with Claire. Yeah, he's, he was made for this job. While he's there, he meets up with Claire, and Claire goes, "Oh, you work for the Raccoon City Police? That's perfect." I can tell because you shot. I, a guy. I tell because you shot a guy without hesitation. <laughs> I I need to get to the Raccoon City Police Department because I need to find my brother, Chris Redfield. And Leon goes, "I know Chris Redfield. He works in the Stars Department at the Police Department that I work at." Okay. So All right. we can travel together to the police department and keep each other safe. And we won't ever get split up and have two different side adventures when we get there. Of course. So uh, Leon Skennedy and Claire Redfield are going to the police department. And in the background of all of this, the events of Resident Evil 3 Nemesis are unfolding. The main city outbreak is just beginning. And okay, so, so it's like concurrent. Yes. So Claire is off getting chased by Nemesis in one part of the city. Um, but uh, Leon and, uh, and Claire are going Claire. to the police department uh, to find more information about Chris Redfield. And Leon is just helping with that because he's got nothing else to do. So Leon and Claire get to the police department. Whoops. They get separated almost immediately. Uh, and... Oops. Leon is going through the police department. He is a little unfamiliar with it because it's like his literal first day on the job. But uh, he discovers that the police department used to be a museum made by an es- <laughs> made by a, an eccentric architect who put a bunch of puzzles and bullshit in it, yes. which is why the police department has a bunch of puzzles and bullshit in it. And of course, because... Because the people who run the Umbrella Corporation inherently like that silly bullshit (laughs) and needed to connect their underground facility to the police department, they did connect pathways from the nest laboratories Mm -hmm. underneath the city to the police department via a bunch of wacky medallions and bullshit like that that you have to insert into statues to make spiral staircases. (laughs) Seems reasonable. Oh, it's so good. It's pretty good. Well, Claire is realizing that her brother is wrapped up in all of this zombie bullshit, and uh, she is not able to get in contact with him, but she does discover the research that he's been doing and sending back to the the remaining good members of STARS, namely Jill Valentine, who is his main contact. Remember how the head of the police department is in charge of an orphanage where they kidnap children and uh, do experiments on them? Yep. Well, there's one child that's important in particular, Sherry Birkin, who is the daughter of one Dr. Birkin, a researcher for the Umbrella Corporation. And one adopted daughter? Nope. 
biological oh, like actual daughter. biological daughter of Dr. Birkin. Dr. Birkin wants to, <laughs> so stupid, man. Dr. Birkin also wants to betray the Umbrella Corporation like Albert Hell Wesker did. Oh yeah. He wants, Everybody. <laughs> he wants to take his new virus and sell it to the American government for buco dinero. However, <laughs> was there just at some point like some American government agent who like did a tour of the facility. It was like loudly, hmm, these sure are some interesting sciences you're working on. I sure would pay a lot of money to whoever brought this to me. <laughs> Which is inherently how business contracts with the American government work. <laughs> but whatever. So Dr. Birkin is going to betray the Umbrella Corporation. So they are going to take his daughter into the orphanage facility, which is being uh, which is being monitored by the police chief. And uh, actually, there are two Dr. Birkins, uh, a boy Dr. Birkin and a girl Dr. Birkin, who is Sherry's mother. Uh, they oh. are they are a married couple who are also very smart doctors, um, but the Umbrella Corporation figured out this this plan of the male Doctor Birkin, uh, Doctor Daddy Birkin, and uh, they have him killed by one of their private militia teams, if you can believe. Hmm. Uh, hmm. But he had a plan because he made a cool G virus that, as we know, makes you invincible. So before he died. After being shot like a thousand times with bullets, <laughs> he's still able to inject himself with the G virus. And mm. doing so turned him into a monstrosity, but kept him alive and kind of remembering uh, his old memories, yeah. though not really. Um, upon seeing what happened to her husband, the, the mommy Birkin, uh, decides that he needs to be put down because he's turned into a giant monster with a huge arm that has a giant eyeball in it, and he's running him up. Oh, it's that guy. It's that okay. guy. I vaguely remember this from the game. That's like that's poor uh, spousal communication. It sounds like they weren't really on the same page for any of this. So, what do corporations love to do besides have their employees betray them and steal technology? They love they have children. They love to hire uh, they love to hire corporate espionage spies to infiltrate companies and steal their stuff. Uh, enter yeah. enter Ada Wong, a corporate spy who has been tasked with infiltrating the uh, the nest facility in order to get the sample of the virus that Dr. Birkin was working with so that she can bring it to her company and they can sell it to the American government to make buco oh dinero. <laughs> Why? There's so many people who are trying to sell this virus to the American government. Right. Well, Ugh. she says that she's an FBI agent, but that's not true. She's a corporate spy. So I just... What's the difference? I just, <laughs> I just thought that I would... I'd re- do the big reveal because it doesn't matter. Ada Wong is yet another character who will betray anyone at the drop of a hat for her own reason that she was mm-hmm. like, actually, I was working for myself this whole time. Uh-huh. She's who also, she's another beautiful lady who 
more or less throws herself at Leon and he's like, <laughs> what? <laughs> he he she actually kind of has control over Leon because for a long time she just kind of shows up in Leon's Leon and Ada are kind of intertwined in their stories uh for the rest of the game series uh but uh so while while all this uh Dr. Birkin stuff is happening in Nest Leon is uncovering uh the secrets to the police station up top and discovers the pathway to the Nest facility and meets up mm-hmm. with Ada Wong, who wants to explore the nest. Uh, she says it's because she's an FBI agent who's trying to investigate. And he's like, well, I work for the cops, too. So I'll help you investigate. Also, you're so beautiful. And <laughs> and she gives him a big smooch. And then he's like, all right, I'll follow you. Uh, and then, obviously, Ada just wanted to get into the facility to get a sample of the virus. and uh, And... She betrays Leon at the end, but you know Leon is kind of an idiot, so he deserves but it in a flirty kind of yeah, way. She, so it's all right. She's like, you can check out my ass while I leave you in this facility that's set to <laughs> self destruct. Um, while Leon and Ada are doing this, uh, Claire is uncovering the whole child kidnapping ring that's happening up in the city. Uh, she mm. is able to find Sherry Birkin, who is being, uh, who is you know, being corralled by the police chief. And the police chief is like, get out of here, girl. You don't know what you're talking about. Um, and so Claire helps uh, Sherry get out of the of the clutches of the police chief. Um, mm-hmm. And Sherry is, uh, as the daughter of the two doctors, Birkin, uh, she was given a necklace medallion pendant by her parents, which <laughs> open up is, a statue? which is very important looking through the whole game. And at the end, Claire figures out that the pendant contains a sample of the virus that her parents were working oh. on for some reason. Yes, put it in the hands of a child. Good. So, so you see, I mean, well, they the managed idea to get was, the water supply, so I don't know. You yeah. see, the idea was that if both of her parents mysteriously died, she, she could, could sell, sell that to virus the to the American government, government oh. for buco bucks. Buco yes. Dinero. And she'll be taken <laughs> care of forever. Well, um, the uh, it, it's actually not a sample of the virus so much as it is a sample of the virus that is used to create a vaccine for the oh. G virus. Oh. So uh, she holds the key, the Sherry, unbeknownst to her, holds the key to the cure for the G virus that her, uh, her parents made, which is, I guess, why they gave it to her, because it's like a cute way to try and protect your daughter, even though they did a very bad job of it. Um, Wait, so this is the vaccine to cure everybody in the city? In uh, theory? No, that's the T virus. Oh, it's a different letter. Okay. Uh, yeah, this this would, yeah, this cures the G virus. The T virus turns you into a mindless virus. zombie and then you're basically okay. dead. The G virus okay. infects you and turns you into a superhuman, but sometimes mm. it makes you kind of hypnotized by Umbrella. Okay. Sometimes. I don't know. Fucking, it depends. Like I said, it depends. Too many letters. Not not when it was Albert Wesker, but yes, when it was Tyrant. Anybody else. And yeah. (laughs) So, whatever. So, this is the new, this is the special new G-Virus that the Birkins made. And uh, Sherry holds the cure to it. 
Uh, and okay. now she is with Claire. And so Claire has the the key necessary to create the vaccine for the G virus. Um, so this is when Claire and Ada and uh, and Leon all kind of meet back up. Uh, Leon, you know, who's there for good reasons, is like, oh, we need to create this vaccine so that we can bring it to the world so that we can cure this, this crazy virus that Umbrella has. And Claire agrees. But, of course, Ada betrays her. She just wants the G virus so that she can sell it for Buco De Niro. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like you'd want both. You would think? You would literally fucking think so, right? But no, <laughs> she literally only wants the virus. Um, but, the, okay. the, only, the only sample of the virus that remains is, is with the other Dr. Birkin. Uh, they have to put down the male. Mom? Ma- yeah. They have, to put, okay. they have to put down Daddy Birkin because he is a monster now. And the once they do so, then Ada is trying to get the remaining G virus sample from Mommy Birkin, uh, but she is also killed, uh, and oh. uh, she takes the virus and throws it into a huge hole, like a, the nest facility that is built underneath the ground under Raccoon City That's is a just hole. a chasmous hole with. With like buildings with more giant holes, yeah. So, I don't think that's the kind of foundation you can build a city on, but I don't know. I guess I don't know that much I about mean, sinkholes come from somewhere. I guess, I guess it's actually fucking absurd. <laughs> the, the, the guy who made all of those like puzzle buildings, he was actually the greatest architect who ever lived, mm-hmm. he just also was really, really into, into puzzle puzzles. stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, okay. Dr. Birkin and Dr. Birkin, yeah. husband, wife. Okay. He's infected with the G virus. He turns into a monster. Yep. And his wife. And then Leon kills him. And then his wife. Lady Dr. Birkin. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's. What did. I guess I'm, I lost what she did. <laughs> she died. Lady. She just died. Lady Birkin. She. So she had the last G virus sample. Okay. The and last. Then, fi- the final sample of it. Got yeah. It. And then Ada took it. Uh, okay. And then Ada is trying to escape with it, but yeah. Mommy Birkin shoots her, and Ada and the sample fall into the deep chasm hole. Oh. Uh, so Ada falls into the deep chasm? Yeah, so Ada's dead. Oh. Oh. She falls, oh, into, she falls into a deep hole with the G-virus. Um, oh. And also, okay. Mommy Birkin perishes as well. She was very injured from all this zombie shit and from the clash with Ada. And so she is dead now, too. Um, And what does she do before she dies? That's right. Sets the self-destruct sequence for the entire nest facility. Because why not? Why Uh, not? So Leon escapes. He's like sad that Ada's dead. Um, but She betrayed me, but but she's she's so so, rocking baps, dude. Um, <laughs> she, uh, yeah, she, she's, she's so hot, dude. Um, the, uh, <laughs> but Leon, Leon is able to meet back up with Claire and Sherry, the, the surviving daughter of the Birkins, and the three of them are able to take the vaccine sample and escape the exploding facility, and the three of them go and uh, get out of Raccoon City. And it is implied that Leon goes on to 
continue to try and figure out what to do with all of this knowledge that he has about that. And Claire mm -hmm. is now taking care of Sherry and they have brought the vaccine to light and there is hope. And maybe, just maybe, the zombie outbreak can stop. But, but it's for the wrong virus. Uh, it's for the G virus, not the T virus. Yeah, well... Uh, <laughs> that doesn't actually help anything. Yeah, so the fact that the people who have the G virus are basically immortal means that the vaccine is the only viable weapon you have against people who are infected with the G virus because uh -huh. otherwise they'll either turn into superhumans or giant armed monsters with huge eyeballs in them and just uh -huh. start running amok. So with the vaccine, which is not how vaccines work, you can't give it oh. to a person <laughs> after they're infected and they get, yeah. they get better. But the vaccine is okay. the vaccine becomes a weapon to be used against people who it's have the G virus. More of a neutralizing agent, I yeah. guess. Uh -huh. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I feel like rocket launchers were doing just fine, but yeah. whatever. Okay. Okay. Um. So nest is exploded. It's gone, and it exploded. It yep. is. It exploded. Um. Fran, when you build a giant underground facility underneath a city. Mm -hmm to do mm -hmm. scientific research in. Mm -hmm. What's the first thing you do after you do that? Uh, make sure it has a self-destruct button. That's a good point, Fram. What's the second thing you do after <laughs> you got the self-destruct settled? Uh, make sure that the way to get into this facility is super convoluted and everybody needs their own series of medallions and cranes to access it. That's a good point, friend. But the correct answer is you make a second underground facility underneath oh, the same city and you call it Nest 2, which is, Are a they thing, which is a thing that exists. Apparently not, because this one did not blow up. Was this one under Nest 1? So it went city, it Nest 1, It would nest have two. to be like beside it, right? Like, Because if it was yeah. under it and it I'm, blew up, it would fall down on top of it. I'm imagining there's kind of like a chain, right? There's mansion facility, then nest two, then nest one, and nest two currently has on either side of it self-destruction. Yeah. <laughs> kind of like, I don't know. I don't know, guys. Maybe we should uh, not press that button over here. Yeah. Well... There's another underground facility. It's called Nest 2. <laughs> and the only reason it's important because we have a character that we know is infected with the virus. If you recall, Jill Valentine got oh, infected. Yeah. Jill Jill is dying. She's infected with the T virus and the Nest facility that has all the research to make vaccines for stuff has just exploded. But it's okay. There's a second Nest facility called Nest 2. <laughs> <laughs> and Carlos right. Carlos is going to find a vaccine to take care of the T virus so that he can save researcher and so, scientist. Yeah, I, well, he's a soldier <laughs> and an idiot, but I guess he's going to look for it. Where okay. are we at game-wise? This is in Resident We're back to Resident Evil 3 Nemesis. So remember okay, okay. Resident Evil 2 and Resident Evil 3 happened at the same time during the outbreak okay. in Raccoon City. So All right. after after Nest 1 is blown up, Nest 2 is still fine, and so Carlos is going around in Nest 2 looking for the vaccine to the T-virus to save Jill, which he finds. How they, sweet of him. They get it. If you're working on a very infectious disease 
and you do have a vaccine for it, it seems weird that you don't make your scientists take the vaccine. That well, is... this isn't like an actual vaccine is what we've learned. It's well, not like a yeah, preventative the... one. It's yeah, a this is this one, one right. You, this does not stop you from getting the virus. This cures you of the virus once you have it, but you have to take it after you get infected, but before you turn fully mm -hmm. into a zombie. Otherwise, mm -hmm. if you're a zombie, you're just dead, basically. The window is just so short. It is, and... Quite honestly, if you're a pharmaceutical company with a window that short, it's hard to monetize that. So there's really no reason <laughs> to have invested into that. But we're we're almost at the close of this Raccoon City story because while Carlos is running around looking for a vaccine, he gets word that the United States government, the people who are very interested in purchasing this zombie <laughs> juice, has decided that the outbreak in Raccoon City is too dire and they need to have a plan to deal with it. This plan rockets? is to carpet bomb the city into oblivion. Oh, it is rockets. Yeah, they're going to blow up the entire city of Raccoon City in order How to many stop days those does this zombies. Take Place this, this, over? So this has been like two days. Where like and, the outbreak wow, happens. That's some fast government response. The outbreak, I'm impressed. <laughs> the outbreak happens. <laughs> the shitty go the city goes to shit, and then they decide that they're just gonna blow it up. Cut our losses. Wow. Yeah. That no, is I mean, impressive in terms the of government the government is response. usually yeah, the government is usually faster on response when it comes to blowing things up than it is to like sending aid or the yeah, like. Yeah. yeah, you're right. So Carlos is able to cure uh, Jill Valentine and the two of them get betrayed by Carlos's team leader. We already talked about that, um, but he's unsuccessful and the two of them are able to escape the city uh, before the <laughs> United States government destroys it with missiles. <laughs> uh, so Carlos is, is alive and Jill's alive. And Leon escaped, and Claire escaped, and Sherry with the child. and Sherry is with Claire. Um, okay. They do not say what happens to Sherry. They put her in an orphanage. Hopefully, that one's not controlled by Umbrella. The it probably is. <laughs> so whatever. Um, just put her in an orphanage and leave her there. Yeah, I guess. Uh, and so Leon and Claire have vowed to take down the Umbrella Corporation uh, because of all the bad things that they did. Uh, Claire still needs to find her brother, though, and they are... Uh, she goes She goes off on her own journey. She uh, has to go find Chris, who is in Europe, uh, and mm -hmm. they do, they reunite, and the two, the, the siblings Redfield are both on the same team now, and they are like, we got to take down the Umbrella Corporation. So, all right. So we have Leon and uh, the Redfields, Chris and Claire, and Jill Valentine and Carlos, technically, but I don't think he comes up at all later. Okay. And against them is the Umbrella Corporation, who is, you know, making cities into zombies, and then the American government's blowing up those. It cities. was unintentional. But they didn't mean to turn the entire city into zombies. We're sorry. Actually, it, they really didn't mean to. That's what it's supposed to do, but they didn't try to do it on themselves. They didn't want to do it to an American city. Right. <laughs> Unless the American government decided that that's what they wanted, because again, they're just going to sell it to the highest bidder. So, 
I mean, right, the the umbrella government, they're not choosing which city gets blown up. That's not them. They're just making the thing that does zombify the city. Yeah. They're they're morally uh exempt from mm-hmm. any of the bad stuff. Hands are clean. And so that's where we will leave these characters for this episode. We know that the Umbrella Corporation has made a bunch of scary zombie stuff. Uh, what more could there possibly be? The city that this outbreak happened was destroyed and all of the zombies with it. The, the betrayers, Albert Wesker and Ada Wong, all fell in a, a downfall to their own Holes. a downfall to their own hubris in each time and our heroes have all the information they need to take down Umbrella. Surely there can't be a hundred more games after this. What happened to the immortal child that was chained up underneath the mansion? Anything? No. Maybe a question. Not this, not this maybe, episode. Maybe a question for another day, Fran. <laughs> Ethan, do you have any open questions you're thinking about Resident Evil? Whatever happened to Brad? Oh, Brad. <laughs> the helicopter the helicopter, pilot? The helicopter pilot who got too scared at the beginning of the game and flew away, but then was a very brave boy at the end and came back to save the remainder of his friends. Um, the, the friends who lived. That is where we will end Resident Evil for now. We are going to bring more spooky content all this spooky month of October. So we will be having more Resident Evil uh, as well as some other very scary things in the works. Woo! Make sure to stay up to date by following at Spices With on Twitter. Oh, brand plugs, the scariest of things. Make sure to watch twitch.tv slash cooking with spices where we're going to stream scary games like Resident Evil this month. It's brand cross promotion. Thank you to Gail Kitsune for our artwork. Thank you for our music, Apagio. And with that, I'm CJ, or should I say Spook J? No, <laughs> not that. <laughs> And I've been Ethan. And I've been Fran. And don't drink city water ever. <laughs> <laughs>